Zach Levine is injured and is done for the year. What does this mean for the Chicago Bulls moving forward? Could the NFL have the Super Bowl on pay-per-view in the near future? We'll discuss both the Pro Bowl and the NHL All-Star Games, really. And we'll have a special edition of Old School TV Monday as we kick off Black History Month. That and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Second City Sports on Sports All Chicago starts right now. Welcome to the Monday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the living color, baby. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow my Keena McGee on the Twitter X at Kiss Greg and the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W A R R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at W A R R Media on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the podcast, fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakina full powers to give you fools to be a land be a boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you can get Sports on Chicago live in the live of color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your PC, or your Android phone, just hit up the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. And we will provide you with some uh, some of the best here on Second City Sports, of course. This is our basketball power hour. We'll talk some NBA and Bulls. Both are going through some pretty big injuries right now. And, of course, some interesting things that happened over the weekend uh, with the games themselves. Also, too, we'll talk some college hoops. Illinois got squeaked by. Uh, Nebraska yesterday and some other uh, as rivalry week. Well, statement Saturday, as they call it here, the statement weekend, as they called it on uh, for this weekend in college hoops. Also, too, we got a, a very a great uh, 
a great show to dedicate to old school TV Monday, just in time for the first Monday of Black History Month, and a coaching carousel for an NFL is starting to fill up, and a whole lot more. But first, Sid, we got the news over the weekend about Zach Levine from the Bulls, uh, that foot injury he suffered. He's done for the year. He's going to have surgery. He's going to be gone for about four to six months. He got to go through go rehab and all that. And so, whatever trade value that the Bulls had for uh, for Levine, that's gonna that's gonna be over and done with these for the regular season. There's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories that are out there. You know how Bulls Twitter is. So, uh, mm-hmm. so what do you think about the the injury? And uh, of course, we'll talk. We won't talk about the Saturday game. That that was just a against the Kings. That was just <laughs> well. Well, to their track record, they did they did you know keep it close. They were able to catch up. I think it's down to like maybe like three or four. But unfortunately, De'Aaron Fox uh, made some clutch shots late and so that's why this the final score was a little bit indicative to how close the game really was near the end but even still so what you think here's the thing about the Zach Levine situation one it sucks for him hopefully he'll he'll recover and get back healthy just in time for the start of the 2024-2025 season it's things for Bulls management because you had your opportunity to trade him but because this contract that you signed it to before the start of last season which really handcuffed this organization. You could play Arturis Karnaschovas and GM Mark Eversley for that, overvaluing him for that. As we said before, Zach Levine is a star. He's a two-time all-star, but he's not a superstar. But he got paid superstar money. You know, they all saying much is with much is given, much is required. And Zach Levine, we know with his talent, doesn't match up with the superstar money that he that he's received. But with that being said, what is the future of this Chicago Bulls franchise, Lakina? I said this to someone over the weekend, and I know we had discussions on this show. We'll bring it up once again because the trade deadline is this Thursday at 2 p.m. Chicago time. There's a fraction of Bulls fans now with this injury with Zach Levine. The Bulls should blow it up. But realistically, the Bulls are not going to blow it up because they're still right in the middle of the playing tournament race. Now I believe they're five games under 500. You have Kobe White. Mm-hmm. Starting to play well again. Alice Caruso, yeah, he's still hustling out there, especially on the defensive end. Vucevic looks like he's starting to turn around. But before they went on that run in December, they had everything going in their favor because most of the most of the player core players on their roster were healthy. Now you have Patrick Williams on the shelf. Zach Levine's gone for the year. And DeMar DeRosa, I know they're not talking contract extensions with uh, extension with him. They may be in with for good reason we'll get into that in a minute but the bulls are stuck in nba hell and you know with the management team they were told to fix this well they fixed it right away but for the long-term plan plan of this franchise where are they going to go to be honest with you now i will say you can make an argument of them uh, breaking this thing up right now but they're not going to should they do that at the end of the season no matter how the season ends i think so but like you said lakina Let's be honest here. Will the will the Bulls fans be that patient for another two, three, four years? I don't think so. Let's be real here. Real here, they're not. And we're we're in the number three market in the country, and it, 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 you thought things got real bad toward the end of the Garb Pax era, which it did. I think if that happens, whether it's now, which I don't think so, or at the end of the season over the summer, things will get up much more uglier than what it did toward the end of the Garb Pax era. Get out, get out of my head, Sid. You know, as this is like I can see sports on sports on <laughs> Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown. 
with you because I you basically stole everything that I was gonna say because <laughs> look, I know how some Bulls fans are, and everybody said, Well, tear it up, you know. Look, you'll tear it all down and start over. Okay. Let's okay, let's say if AK never really did that. Like they, you know, they get rid of Vooch, you know, they get rid of Damar and and whatnot, you know, should they are they able should they able to be able to move Zach over the summer? Okay, fine. Okay, get picks or whatever, but look what what look, Orlando is just now starting to figure out you know what to do. You know, they're finally actually starting to get it going. Look how long that took. It took them over a decade. So you really if you really want to be you know, you're in NBA hell right now, the Bulls, but you're going to be even, you're, you're going to pretty much be in purgatory if you do the things you're doing, especially if you don't, you know, things happen and, and, you know, you don't get to be able to rebuild the team back up right away. It, it's not like, you know, it's not like microwave. It's not the NFL where you can turn your season around just like that. And, or even the NHL, cause you can turn your season around. The NBA is totally different. It's wired differently. So I don't know if the Bulls, if Bulls fans will be happy with the rebuild or be patient with it. They're, they're not. They can say that they're, they are, but they're not. So, uh, you know, th- th- this whole thing with, you know, they, they play again on Tuesday, uh, tomorrow against Minnesota. And we'll talk about Minnesota uh, after the break. But, yeah, it just feels like the Bulls are kind of like, look, the only reason why the Bulls are even still in the, uh, the playing uh, hunt is because everyone else around them, for the most part, has been terrible. They've been just as bad, if not worse, than they are. So, Everybody say, well, let's tear it all down. Well, considering where everybody is right now in the East outside of uh, Milwaukee, and you know, we'll talk about Philly situation second and in Boston, and, and you, you probably even put the Knicks on there too. It, it's just, it, it, you know, it's just not there. It, it's not. I'll push back on this to make this point, Lakina. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to do anything at the trade deadline. I'm, I'm talking about in terms of, of the Bulls. Here's the thing. Couple points. One. You shouldn't wait for everybody else to fall towards you, like Brooklyn, as you mentioned, like Orlando, Toronto, and Atlanta, uh, to a certain extent, for you to quote unquote make the playoffs or barely make, make the plan. You gotta make your move now and win ball games. When you win ball games, everything everything should be in line for you at that particular time. But looking at it from a basketball sense, as far as the salary cap, we we all know that the Bulls are cash strapped, and if they bring this exact roster back next year, they got to pay a luxury tax. You know, Mr. Jerry Ransdorf and his group, I know Michael Ransdorf is running the Bulls side of things. They're not going to pay that luxury tax. Is this team worth paying the luxury tax for? No. So Demar Derozan, who's a free agent this summer, I think it will make economically good sense for you not to resign him. Yes, you could try to dra- trade Zach Levine, but. He's not going to be fully recovered from that foot surgery until early, mid-August at the latest. And that's if he doesn't have any setbacks, okay? Number two, Vucevic, you signed him before the start of the season. Do you try trading him again? And do you try to trade Alex Caruso, who has one year left on his deal, that expires after next season? As we said on the last couple of shows, there's one team 90 miles north of us that can use right now. And that's the and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And I read a story today on ESPN.com that the, the Bulls are are putting a, high, a very high price for Alex Caruso, basically saying to teams, unless you get something that, that's going to knock our socks off, we're going to keep them through the rest of the season. <sighs> It'll be interesting to see what they what they do here. But uh, yeah, well, let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Well, let's talk about the stuff here that's going on uh, off the field. Injury that could be definitely be a, a hamper on the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP for the Sixers, has a uh, meniscus, uh, not not tear, but it's it's well, I guess you could say it's probably it's well, it's sprained, and they have to he'll have to have surgery, and then 
they'll reevaluate him after about a month or two. So if you're the Sixers, they've had a rough last couple of last couple of games. So uh, where does this leave the Sixers now that your 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 main guy is out? So the main part is, is that the Sixers, if you want to, however long it takes, he's going to miss the All Star game, obviously, but he might be back before the end of the month. Who knows? They'll, they'll have to reevaluate him. But uh, where, if you're the Sixers, where do you go from here? I mean, do you try to maybe try to keep things afloat until whenever Embiid is able to come back? So it's a lot going on here with this with Philly. Obviously, you're not tearing it down because they're too good of a team to do so. So if you're GM Daryl Morey in Elton Brand, who's in that front office as well, what do you do? Maybe you can add that mid-tier veteran guy at the trade deadline. I don't know. But outside of that, Lakina, as we as I, we said on Friday on this show, you got to trade water to play around 500 ball to, to um, and see if Joel and B comes back. Because right now in the middle of that Eastern Conference, it's packed. You have the New York Knicks, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you have the Miami Heat. We'll talk about them also after the after this timeout. But you have a three or fourteen stacked it for that four or five six spot to stay out of that uh, playing tournament scenario. So uh, things gonna gonna get tight in the middle of the Eastern Conference. So a lot of the responsibility is gonna go on first time All Star Tyrese Maxey. Tobias Harris is gonna have to step up. Patrick Beverly is gonna have to play a bigger role role right now. So. It's tough for Philadelphia. Do they have the talent to at least stay around 500? I think so, but obviously it's not. It's not going to be easy until Embiid comes back. That's if he comes back at all this year. Uh, to be continued there as well. So we got to take a really quick break. Of course, we'll talk some more NBA and of course some interesting scores that happened over the weekend. Also, too, in college hoops, a statement weekend as we call it here as. Uh, various teams, you know, make their statements for other conferences and get some much needed weeds in some cases as well. So uh, we continue our basketball power hour coming up next. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We keep it on the hardwood right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, 
Your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. to Second City Sports. We're live in, in living color for this Monday edition right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter X. I can't scroll again. The IG. We have less than 90 minutes left for this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so let's go to actually stuff that's happened on the court in the NBA over the weekend, starting with yesterday's games. Uh, Denver came back, back to beat Portland 112-103. Uh, Jokic had 29 points, and uh, it was actually his but it was actually the supporting cast that kind of helped uh, get the Nuggets back into the game because of late the, they were down by, I think it was made like, like 15 points in the third quarter, so they were able to kind of get it going in the second half. Yeah, when you're a team like the Denver Nuggets, everybody's going to come at you because you're the defending world champs. So, uh, some nights you, you're not going to have it, and there's other nights that you're going to play down to your competition. That's what happened last night for the Denver Nuggets. They're at home. You're down 15 to a team that she's, you're supposed to beat by 30, but as you mentioned, as we, as you mentioned, and we talked about it with Denver all year long, they just had to maintain a steady pace, uh, get the guys healthy, and get ready for the playoffs, which is coming up in a couple of months. But you, we mentioned about the Joker, Joe, Nikolai Jokic, who's a phenomenal player, MVP candidate. But it's, it's guys like Aaron Gordon, Highland, and Jamal Jamal Murray, those guys that is going to be the supporting cast to help uh, Denver get back to where they need to be. So. You saw them down, as you mentioned last night. They played down to their competition, but they woke up in the fourth quarter and said, hey, enough of this, and and they did what they had to do to get the important win at home. Big win there. Look, that's what you're 
can't be able to your post. You get, you know, you get pushed around by a team that you probably shouldn't have been. And then, you know, there you go. You come back and win it. Now, I guess Milwaukee didn't get the memo as uh, they were outscored 14, 40, 40, I should say, 40 to 13. I should make sure I get that right uh, against Utah. Utah outscored them there. They're actually, are, they're just the fourth, uh, you know, they're only they're the, on top of the Jazz are the, were the only NBA team in the last 25 years to outscore their opponent by 25 plus points in the fourth quarter while while using the same, the same five starting players for that whole quarter. So Jordan Clarkson, Keontae George, Walker Kessler, Laurie Markman, and Kelly Olenek, you know, led the way for uh, the Jazz. And they've actually been playing pretty well lately. But uh, yeah, they come back and beat Milwaukee. Just uh, just I saw a little, I saw the highlights of this game. It was just a crazy game <laughs> in that fourth quarter. Yeah, Colin Sexton had a bad game the other night. He came back with 19 points last night. As you mentioned, Laurie Marketing, the former Chicago Bull, chipped in with 21 points as well. On the flip side for Milwaukee, I know they had that big comeback win, trailing by 23 points against Dallas the night before. I know Dallas didn't have Kyrie Irving, but if you if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you spend all the energy coming back, and you had Doc Rivers. Congrats to him on his first win as a head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, but. You spend all that energy, uh, again, the big win on the road. You had to go back on the road the next night. And the fatigue really sat in for this Milwaukee Bucks team. That's what you saw last night. And Damian Lillard, you could tell that he didn't have a great game. He just had 12 points only only for one eight shooting from three-point range. Yeah, one and four. Well, one and three, one and four right now for the uh, for Docs and second over uh, there in Milwaukee. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Milwaukee fans are a little bit patient, but uh, – We'll see. Okay, see, they came back and they they did two overtimes, but they did beat the Raptors 135-127. Josh Giddy had 24 points leading the way for OKC there. Minnesota, the Bulls that's opponent on uh, tomorrow will, will be Houston. Uh the Clippers 103 to 95 over the Heat. Kai Kawhi had 25. Kawhi is now 16 and 4, uh 16 and 0, I should say, against uh Against the Heat, all by himself since uh, since twenty four since uh, twenty fourteen, uh, when of course when the Spurs faced the uh, the Heat in the finals that year, um, yeah, yeah, Leonard had definitely had Miami's number in the last few years. Yeah, you mentioned Kawhi uh, coming up big, but Paul George, uh, he had an off night, but that's where your other support you mean uh, chi- will, will chime in. Paul George had fifteen points, but James Harden had a solid game with twenty one points. Don't forget about. Norman Powell, he was part of that championship team with Toronto in 2019 as a valuable guy off the bench. He led the Clippers with 16 points coming off their bench. So the Clippers were down early. They got hot in that second half. As we mentioned, Lakina, the Clippers have won 25 out of their last 30 games. As we talked about on our show last Friday, Lakina, head coach Finch of Minnesota and OKC's head coach should be the top two candidates for coach of the year. Add the third name to that list. That's Tyron Lue of the Clippers. Yeah, they're right there in that third spot. Uh, only one game behind OKC and Minnesota for the for the number uh, one spot. So uh, they could end up very well having the number one spot by the time the All-Star break commences uh, next weekend. So uh, it's going to get a little bit interesting there at the top of the West. So uh, they're making things a little interesting there. Indiana uh, uh, Pascal making a nice uh, – making his presence known with the, the Pacers. They beat the Hornets. Uh, Celtics, no trouble with Memphis. Uh, the Suns, they're after a little, little hiccup last week, they're starting to play a little bit better. 141 12 over the Wizards. Bradley Beal had 43 there. 
the Magic beat uh, the Pistons 111-99. Uh, Franz Wagner had 38 points. It was a career high for him. Yeah, as you talked about that in our first segment, the Atlanta Magics, they started off hot to start the year. They cooled off. Looks like they're starting to get it back together again. They have a nice young talented group down there. Greg Anthony's son, Cole Anthony is down there. Of course, you have Jalen Green. Of course, you have Wendell Carter Jr. The name sounds familiar, Bulls fans? I think so. He's turned to play well. So that Orlando team, they're right in thick of it, too, as, as far as the playing tournament is concerned. We talked about Brooklyn. We talked about Atlanta. We'll get to them in a sec. But those but those lower-level teams, they're hanging around their playing tournament in terms of the situation with the Chicago Bulls. The Orlando Magic. Uh, they've given the Bulls problems, too, and they're starting to give other teams problems again. So I wouldn't overlook the Orlando match. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship or anything like that, but it's not going to be an easy, easy night for you when you play them on your schedule. Yeah, they're right there, like, in that little border between the top, you know, the five or six and the, also the two in that playing spot. So, yeah, they might be – they'll probably it'll probably be that way for them the rest of the season. It's not like they're starting to kind of get together finally. You talked about the uh, this Milwaukee against the Mavs. You kind of say that they did expend a lot of energy coming back. But, you know, it's a little bit weird how that happens. But, uh, you know, even still, Giannis had, had 48 points. So, we, you know, and I know Kyrie didn't play. But, yeah, even still, a nice win for, uh, for Milwaukee in, in that front. <laughs> Yeah, they got down early. Doc Rivers, he was brought in there to help straighten out that defense. It didn't look well early, but uh, Giannis and Dame and then the rest of those guys, Bobby, Bobby Porter stepped up. Uh, it was some veteran guys that made the plays when they had to, doing the little things to to make a, make that great comeback on the road. So we all know Lakina is a long season, especially when you're on, on these road trips. You know, fatigue can set in, jet lag can set in, but Milwaukee had enough energy to get a big win against a, a very good Dallas Mavericks, as you mentioned. They were playing with that Kyrie. The uh, the ABC game of the week on Saturday, you got the Lakers beating uh, kind of a mild upset too, and at MSG beating New York 113-105. We know how much LeBron loves playing in New York. He had 24 mm-hmm. points. Uh, Austin has been playing very well lately. He had 22, but look, it was a bench scoring that did a lot. You know, uh, 16 points from Prince. Uh, Hayes had 10 points. So yeah, a nice solid team win. Even though Anthony Davis was struggling a little bit from the uh, from the field, only 12, but they did just enough to win. Yeah, and also to D'Angelo Russell, despite a horrible shooting night, he chipped in with 16 points as well. I did watch some of this game. Uh, on my TV screen, uh, LeBron James, as you mentioned, he had that one dunk off the sweet pass from D'Angelo Russell on the fast break. As you mentioned, he loves playing at MSG. On the flip side for the New York Knicks, uh, they're playing well, as we, we, we mentioned on our last couple of shows. Jalen Brunson led the team with 36, but it's going to have to be some of the other guys that's going to have to step up for this Knicks team, like uh, Isaiah Hardenstein. He's going to be the starting center now since Julius Randle is going to be out for the next few weeks also, too. You're going to have other guys step up like Josh Hart and and, and Sims, their their backup center. I really like the way he's playing right now. But Lakina, hopefully that Julius Randle can get back in time. Hopefully next month in the middle toward the end of March, so he can help. They can uh, help the Knicks, you know, jail back again and, and get a better position for the playoffs. But I want to ask you, Lakina, what move or moves do you think the Knicks, newer Knicks, can make between now and Thursday's trade deadline? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Like they need another shooter, so I think that might help a little bit. And if you're, and if you're Tim, I'm sure you're gonna want a defender too. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. I mean, I know DeRozan has been floated out there for uh, for the Knicks, but 
I don't know if there anybody there's anybody else out there they can get that'll fit tips the system. That that's I think that's a whole other thing too. So yeah, you don't want to bring somebody in and he and Tibbs clash and everything kind of starts falling off the 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 wheels start falling off. So you don't want that. So it'll be interesting to see what New York does. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll probably have a they may have something up their sleeve. We'll see. Yeah, and don't forget Dante v, v Vincent Chinzo, who they picked up on the war. Yeah, did Vincent Chinzo? Thank you, who they picked up on the Warriors last year. He's leading the league in three point shooting percentage since January first. That's better than Steph Curry. So the Knicks are getting some shooters, but I think personally, I think they need a backup point guard to to spare some minutes from Jalen Brunson. As we know, he's going to have to carry the low with the absence of Julius Randle. So we'll see what, what the Knicks could do between now and the trade deadline. Let's just We were just saying just this. They don't need an overhaul like they did a couple of years ago, so they just need to add a piece or two. We'll see what happens with them. Now, this game I know you wanted to talk about. The Atlanta Hawks defeated the Golden State Warriors on Saturday, 141-134 to 134 in overtime. Steph Curry, 60 points in a loss. I think you kind of got folks that haven't been paying attention. Uh, this is the microcosm, microcosm of the Warriors season. Steph Curry plays great, but everybody else does not step up when they need to. This looks worse than the playing, uh, the playing team to me, and then that's the Golden State Warriors. I know Jonathan Kaminga has been playing well. I know that Pazimek Paz has uh, – sorry, I butchered up his name, but – He's been playing well these, these last couple of games, but if you're you're going to get that effort from Steph Curry, you're going to come up short. Uh, the Warriors can find themselves out of playoffs sooner rather than later. Yeah, not a lot of scoring outside of Steph. I mean, I know Clay's struggling. He's only two for thirteen from three. Uh, Draymond only had seven points. Andrew Riggs only had two points. So that's not going to work if you're trying to start start stay kind of within that distance of that playing spot. And if you're uh, the Warriors, look, yo, Steph can only do it for so long. Remember, he's 35 mm -hmm. now, folks. He's he's not getting yeah. any younger. So all these guys need to kind of step up a little bit. And uh, I don't know what the Warriors can do, but look, a nice a nice one for Atlanta. Atlanta's kind of like in that little like little edge for that that you know that playing spot. So we'll be interested to see if they can kind of perhaps maybe make a move. But uh, I know you know Murray's been Deontay Murray's been uh, name has been floating around there. But uh, I'm. I, I'm wondering though. Yeah, I mean the Warriors. I don't know. I don't know what you can do at this point with the Warriors. I mean, you can't. But Steph's doing his thing, but like everyone else isn't. Yeah, the Warriors just like the Bulls. They're cash strap in as far as the salary cap is concerned. What moves can new general manager Mike Dunleavy Jr. make? Really? I don't know if we can make any. I don't know if we can exactly, make any. Exactly. He kind of said, well, there's a reason why Rob Polinka left. I mean, uh, no, uh, Bob Myers. Bob actually, Myers. Bob Myers, yeah, wrong guy. But, uh, you know, but yeah, that, that maybe he's probably, maybe he was smart for leaving. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Phil, uh, Philadelphia lost to uh, the Nets 136-121. Cam Thomas had 40, which is a career high for him. Uh, Tyrese Max had 23. But uh, we've been saying with him going to be out for the next few weeks, or, you know, however, how long. Yeah, they're gonna have to. You know, the guys are gonna have to step it up. Max C, Harry, all those, all those supporting guys for the six are gonna have to step it up. Also, too, it depends on how well or or not that Philadelphia plays between now and if and B comes back at all this year. That, that game on Saturday could could determine your positioning in the playoffs or if you make the playoffs at all. So, now this this game on Saturday uh, it may not mean anything now, but it could go a long way in terms of playoff positioning at the end of the season. Real quick before we uh, go to the schedule, uh, 
Golden State beat Memphis. Uh, John Kamea had 29, so a uh, nice uh, as a career high for him. Uh, this one Friday. Yeah, all Orlando upset Minnesota. OKC, no trouble with Charlotte. Uh, the, well, the Nuggets beat the, the Blazers. I'm not repeating myself. They played again on Friday, so I'm not, I'm not repeating myself, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Houston, no trouble with Toronto. Uh, the Kings beat the Pacers. The Hawks uh, got the best of the Suns that time um, on Friday. Miami edged out the Wizards. And the Clippers, because they're a nice little hot streak. They beat the Pistons. Yeah, the Clippers are just like the Lakers on a Granby uh, road trip. And so far, the Clippers have looked good, as I mentioned uh, a few moments ago. There, The Clippers are 25-5 and five in their last 30 games. And on a, a long road trip like this, you need to beat teams that you're supposed to be, and that's what they did against Detroit last Friday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to the schedule for uh, this week in the NBA. Starting tonight, Monday, you got the Lakers continuing their road trip against the Hornets. At 6, you got the Kings also continuing their road trip uh, against the Cavs at 6. That should be an interesting one there. Dallas and Philadelphia at 6. The Clippers and and the Hawks at 6.30. Golden State, continue uh, their East Coast trip at the Nets at 6.30. That's going to be on NBA TV. And Toronto uh, meets uh, the Pelicans at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, Tuesday, your schedule looks like this. Of course, we mentioned earlier the Minnesota Timberwolves will pay a visit to Chicago to take on the Bulls at the United Center. We have Houston going against Indiana in Indianapolis. The Mavericks at the Nets, Brooklyn Nets. That's the first game of that Tuesday night TNT doubleheader. We have the Magic and the Heat in the Battle of South Florida. We have Memphis at MSG to take on the New York Knicks. We have Oklahoma City Thunder at the Utah Jazz. That's an underrated game. Mm -hmm. uh, people should watch out for that game. And, of course, the second half of that Tuesday night doubleheader on TNT at 9 o'clock, we'll have Milwaukee at Phoenix. Should be a fun one. Very interesting. We'll see how Doc does against Phoenix. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Wednesday's uh, matchups, uh, that might be Doc calling. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Toronto, Toronto and Charlotte at 6 o'clock. Uh, the Cavs and the Wizards. The first game of the ESPN uh, Wednesday night doubleheader, you got Golden State and Philadelphia. Mm, that, that seems a little... Uh, mm, mm. Uh, Atlanta and Boston at 6.30. San Antonio and Miami at 6.30. That should be interesting since Miami's been playing better lately against Wimiyama. Uh The Clippers, they're back at home as they face the Pelicans. It's the second game of the ESPN doubleheader at 9. Also to Sacramento, they're back at home as well. They face Detroit. At, they host Detroit at 9 o'clock as well. And your schedule for Thursday looks like this. The Chicago Bulls will take on the Memphis Grizzlies in Grindtown. That's a road game for Chicago. The Warriors and Pacers will do battle. And formerly, the stadium known as, formerly known as Casico Fieldhouse. Uh, Orlando will host San Antonio. Cleveland will travel to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. The first game of that TNT Thursday night doubleheader will feature the New York Knicks hosting the Dallas Mavericks. That should be fun. Yes, yes, yes. Also, you have Milwaukee at Milwaukee hosts the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have Utah at Phoenix. The Nuggets and the Lakers will do battle. That's the second Ooh. half of that Thursday night doubleheader on TNT. That's at 9 o'clock. And the wrapping up the, the Thursday night schedule, we'll have Detroit taking on Portland. The, clearly the two worst teams in the NBA. Yeah. Going back to that Nuggets-Lakers game for a second, that should be a fun one because Lakers actually beat the Nuggets the last time. So uh, mm -hmm. that, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Jokic, uh, Murray, and the gang will definitely want their revenge 
And that is your schedule for this week in the NBA as the second Z Sports on Sports of Chicago with Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Let's go. Let's stay with the uh with the hardwood. So let's go to the college hardwood. Mm-hmm. We're six weeks away from selection Sunday. And uh, of course, Illinois uh got all they can handle from Nebraska. They beat uh the Cornhuskers uh 87 84 in overtime. Really, the main disparity was in the free throw line. Uh, Nebraska had 14 uh, free throw attempts while the Illini had 30. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of a definitely a, yeah, that was definitely a big discrepancy there. But still, I mean, well, Nebraska, if you're Nebraska, I mean, you need a role when you haven't won the road to Big Ten this, uh, this year. You, you do play, uh, Northwestern, uh, later on this week. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what, what you think about this game yesterday. Uh, the final Atlanta, as usual, they fell in love with the three-point shot. They shot the ball well early, but uh, as the game went on, uh, their percentages went down. But give Frank Horvath, the coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, credit. They guarded the three-point line very well, which forced Illinois to change their game plan a little bit. So Illinois went went to the inside game, and they benefited greatly, especially in that over in, in that five-minute extra session. The final line had a plus 17 rebound advantage, 50 to 33. Even though they didn't shoot the uh, shoot the ball well on top of Illinois from the outside, they got most of their points from the inside. Coleman Hawkins led the led the club uh, with 20 points. I really like that Kinsey Coleman Nega guy from yeah, from Nebraska. He, really he can really he can really make he plays. Do, Not only yeah. he can shoot it, but he's a playmaker. He he could drive the drive the ball to the basket as well. So the final line they made the big plays when they had to, as we talked about. Plenty of times on the show, Lakina, the return of Shan- Terrence Shannon Jr. has really sparked that fire in the line night ball club. Also, to Ty Rogers, really contributing very well. Don't forget about Gurrier, uh, their starting power forward. He's he really made some big plays last night. So, Brad Underwood has his team rolling at 17 and five right now, and uh, they they have a tough stretch coming up. I know they play at um, I believe it's at on the road at Michigan State next Saturday afternoon. Uh, we'll talk more about that game on Friday on Friday's show, but Illinois has a, a pretty tough schedule the next couple of weeks uh, uh, from now to the end of the season. I think they can finish up nicely, but when I hope they learned the lesson from last night's game, when when you're not shooting well, as you mentioned about the free throw discrepancies, get to the basket. And that's what the Illini did. Yeah, that three point line. They were nine for the 24, 34, I should say, from the three. So uh, we'll be mm-hmm. interested to see if they can kind of, you know, because the, they do have a tough schedule the next couple weeks. We'll talk about that uh, in, a, in a little bit. Uh, Arizona, no trouble with Stanford. Uh, Purdue, I saw a little bit. This game is aired on CBS. Uh, they pulled away from Wisconsin, 75 uh, 69. Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, that That's, you know, they they they're they're I they think they're at the top of the A10. Uh they had no trouble with Davidson. They beat them by 13. Uh Villanova beat Providence. So uh, going into Saturday's games, you know, they talk about statement Saturday, and there, there were a lot of teams that made uh, uh statement games. Uh UConn uh pulled away from uh St. John's. Uh North Carolina, no trouble with Duke. Uh, Armando Bacco uh Jr. had uh 25 points for uh, North Carolina. They basically dominated from start to finish. Uh, Harrison Bynum had, uh, Ingram, I should say, had uh, a double-double himself. He had 21 points and 13 boards. So, uh, you know, North Carolina kind of dominated this game from jump. Yeah, don't forget about Jared McCann for Duke. He had 23 points to lead the Blue Devils. But like you mentioned, Lakina, North Carolina dominated this game from start to finish. 
Both teams shot it well at 50%, but North Carolina got hot uh, at the three-point line. They shot it at a 37.5% clip. They are rebounded Duke by one. But it was the turnovers that was the difference in this game. North Carolina took care of the basketball. They only committed five turnovers. Duke committed 11. Yeah, that was a that the defense for North Carolina has been really solid this year. And you know, they're now the top of the ACC right now. Going to the Big 12, another big game. Uh Kansas uh pulled held off. Well, they they pulled away from Houston, uh 78-65. Hunter Dickinson had 30 uh 20 points, I should say, for uh for the for the Jayhawks and uh uh, Kevin McCuller uh, Jr. had 17 points. You know he came. He's been back from you know came back from injury. So uh, that he was a big get to uh, to sort of uh, you know you know spruce up that depth for Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. I watched some of this game via my TV screen. <laughs> Kansas mm. really dominated the ball inside Houston. They couldn't shoot it at all, whether it was from three or or from from two point range. They they couldn't get anything going, and they were out rebounding uh, a minus 16. A minus 16 advantage. Kansas are rebounding them 40 to 24. So Kansas did what they had to do. They built up a big lead uh, in that first half. Houston did try to make a run out of it, but they, they didn't have enough firepower. They turned the ball. They, 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 even though Kansas did turn the ball over a lot, Houston just could knock shots down, and Kansas uh, did what they had to do from the inside. So that's why Kansas won big. And as we said before, Lakina, with all systems of go, which uh, – which will be led by Hunter Dickerson, in my opinion. You still have K.J. Adams there, but as long as you feed the big beast inside Hunter Dickerson, I think Kansas is going to be okay. Yeah, they should be fine. But like I said, though, that, that depth, though, hopefully that's not going to be an issue for them as we get closer and closer to March. Mm-hmm. But uh, but a nice win for Kansas. They're now, I, yeah, they're now with, with Texas. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Texas Tech in a second, but yeah, but then with them losing, they're now back at the top of the Big 12. On the SEC, the tops there, uh, Tennessee went to interrupt Arena, which, look, that, that's where the 18 wins there. But uh, the Kai Ziegler had 26 points and 13 assists as he leads the way for the Vols, uh, as all five stars were double figures for the Vols as they beat Kentucky 103-92. A really nice a, a really good, solid team win for Rick Barnes and crew. Oh, congratulations to them. Sorry I didn't watch this game because I was watching the NBA, but Calipari lost. Yay! Oh, <laughs> you don't have to bust it now, Lakita. <laughs> that goes back years ago, folks, so don't, don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but as I joined, uh, James also had 26 for Tennessee. So, yeah, really good, really solid showing uh, there. Marquette, no trouble with Georgetown. Uh, Baylor, more bounce in the Big Ten. Uh, Baylor edged out Iowa State 70-68. So, uh, you know, at, going with the theme here with the Big 12, Cincinnati upset Texas Tech uh, 75-72. Uh, Auburn no uh, held off Ole Miss, no trouble there. San Diego State uh, got a nice little – well, I don't want to say upset because they were in the top – they've been the top of the twice too, too, but they got the best Utah State. Florida Atlantic, no trouble with Tulsa. BYU, you know, once again, no trouble with West Virginia. UCF, Johnny Dawkins and this guy have put, are put together a nice little resume. They have now have added Oklahoma as their latest uh, upset victim in the Big 12. Let's go back locally, Lakina. The, let's give some love to the SIU Saluki, Southern Illinois, for those yes. who scoring at home. They got a big win at UIC on Saturday, 74-71. Xavier Johnson for the Salukis had 29 points off of 5 and 15, shooting, including 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Shout out to our good friend Jonathan Hood, a.k.a. J. Yeah. Hood from ESPN 1000. He, I know he's the voice of the UIC Flames that had a, really had a tough go at it this year. 
USC is now eight and fifteen on the year, while SIU is fifteen and eight, right in the thick of things in that Missouri Valley Conference. They're like in second or third, I think, in the Missouri Valley. They're kind of like right there. So, uh, yeah, with a with only being one bit, I think you want to try to get things going there as get close and close to the Arch Madness, as they call it down there in St. Louis. So, uh, really good win for Brian Warder and the crew there. Uh, Alabama, no trouble with Mississippi State. Uh, Texas uh, outdueled TCU again, coming with the theme here with the Big Twelve teams. But I want to give a shout out to South Carolina. They beat. Uh, Georgia, they got a nice little resume. They've beaten Kentucky. They've beaten Tennessee earlier uh, uh, last week. And look, Lamont Paris, this is his first year there, and uh, he's already uh, making a big difference. Yeah, congratulations to them. Like you said, it was a big win, so we'll see what happens uh, with, with their resume going forward. As we, a little bit over a month away from March Madness, looking up about seven weeks away. If my about, math is correct. Yeah, about six weeks. Yeah, six weeks, six weeks away. So uh, we'll see. Uh, that's going to be important come tournament time. Back to the Big Ten basketball, of course. Northwestern had a tough loss in yeah. overtime at yeah. Purdue last Wednesday night. They had another one last yeah. Saturday afternoon at Minnesota, 75-66. Boo Booey led Northwestern with 20 points. But I watched uh, most of that overtime, Lakina. Northwestern uh-huh. wet the bed. Uh, in overtime, uh, fatigue heard, was starting yeah. to set in. They couldn't make their shots. And this is the second straight game, which they played an extra session. You, you saw, as I mentioned, the fatigue set in. Uh, they did shoot the ball well from three-point range. I'm talking about Northwest at 47%, but they shot it overall at 38%. That's not going to get it done. And they had 17 turnovers. Some of that was uh, was due to fatigue in overtime. Minnesota came up big when they had to, especially in the extra session. See, these are the kind of losses that will cancel out some of those big losses, right? Mm-hmm. This, those, the Purdue loss, well, we'll, we'll leave Purdue because they already beat Purdue this year. But this Minnesota team that's uh, that's rebuilding, you lose to them. Now you got the name, and also you got the loss of Chicago State. That that's going to be the kind of loss that come back to bite you in the butt too. I mean, it kind of evens out. So uh, if you're Northwestern, you, you better try and you know finish strong in the in conference play because. Those are the kind of losses uh, that folks remember. So uh, yeah, they got a big game know. on Wednesday at home against Maryland. Nebraska, and, uh, not Nebraska, no, Nebraska, Nebraska. Sorry. Nebraska, so that's. Yeah. A, I'm not going to say this is obviously is a big game for both teams, but like yeah, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say is is it an elimination game, but you're starting to get that feel, especially the way the Wildcats have been playing these last two games. Yeah, those are like I said, the losses. Ugh, just not 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 good, but. Uh, I don't know what else. What else can you say? Going back to Friday, uh, Butler got their first big win in the in a couple of years. They upset Creighton in Omaha. That's not an easy place to play. They edged out uh, the Blue Jays, ninety-eight-nine, ninety-eight. Dane gets back on track uh, with uh, beating St. Bonaventure, and yeah, that's it for Friday. So let's talk about this week's game, Sid. All right, let's go to tonight. Oh, Memphis! Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forgot Memphis. Shout out to our for ODs. Memphis got a big game against Wichita State. Yeah, big win. David Jones hit a, a jumper with, I think it was about a couple of seconds left. You know, our place mm-hmm. Rodriguez had to call for CBS. So I uh, want to shout that out. Yes, I did watch that game. Yeah, shout out to my guy, Penny Harray in the Memphis Tigers. They did come back from 13 down to beat Wichita State. Wichita State has some nice players. I know they're not doing well mm-hmm. this year, but a much-needed win in conference play for the Memphis Tigers as they end their four-game losing streak. Yeah, big win for them. Uh, going to tonight's games, you got Miami and Virginia. Miami's kind of been struggling a little bit lately. Virginia's been up and down, too. So, nice uh, ACC matchup at ESPN at 6 o'clock. 
Uh, Big Monday. Same game that Big Monday doubleheader. You got uh, Kansas and Kansas State. The Sunflower uh, Battle, as I call it, uh, at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, and of course, this time of year, uh, they all, uh, ESPN, the ESPN Network always has, uh, uh, they, they showcase HBCU. So in this case, this week, they have uh, Southern and Jackson State at 8 o'clock on ESPN2, also stream on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, that's tonight? Yep. Perfect, perfect. Uh, we'll definitely check that out. Here's your schedule in the top 25 for Tuesday. We'll have Ole Miss uh, traveling to South Carolina to take on the 15-ranked Gamecocks. That's at 5.30 Chicago time, the SEC Network. Clemson will travel to number three, North Carolina. That's at 6 o'clock on ESPN. This is uh, important games for Tuesday. Revenge. Oklahoma State will travel to number five, Houston, to take on the Cougars. That's at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. And looking down the schedule here at 7.30 on FS1, Butler will take on number one, UConn. Uh, you mentioned Kentucky after that big loss on Saturday to Tennessee. They'll take on Vanderbilt at 7.30. That's on the SEC Network. And number 24, San Diego State, will take on Air Force. That's at 9.30 on FS1. Number 25, New Mexico and Wyoming. That's at 7.30. That's not I mean, on TV. I'm sure it's going to be streaming so, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN at 8 o'clock tomorrow. you got Texas Tech and number 25, Texas – number 23, Texas Tech, I should say, number 13, uh, Baylor, uh, number 22, Utah, Utah State will try to bounce back from the loss uh, uh, yesterday as they face, well, on Saturday, I should say, as they face Nevada and uh, St. Uh, yeah, we talk about all oh, the St. Mary's and Pacific. That's at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock on ESPN2. And of course, I want to give a shout out to uh, South Carolina. They're back in the top 25 for the first time since 2017. Actually, that's, I think that's the other went to the final four, I believe. So, uh, yeah, like I said, my parents doing a great job with that program. Now, going into Wednesday's games, Tennessee, you know, we'll see if they can avoid the letdown after that big win against Kentucky. They face LSU. That's going to be a 6 o'clock network. Wisconsin home to bounce back from that loss to Purdue. They face Michigan at 6 o'clock on the Big Ten network. The Iron Bowl, no matter how what sport you look, how you look at it, uh, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama, they face Auburn at 6 o'clock um, on ESPN2. It should be a nice little battle there. Uh, Villanova Xavier on FS1. Let's see anything else of note. Uh, Gonzaga hosts Portland. Uh, hoping to bounce back from the loss to St. Mary's on Saturday. Duke also hoping to bounce back from their uh, uh, loss on Saturday to North Carolina. They face Notre Dame. They host Notre Dame at Cameron Indoor. Crane again hoping to bounce back from the loss to, <laughs> to Butler. They face Providence on FS2 at 7.30. You talk about that big game uh, with Northwest as they host Nebraska. Nebraska need a big a really big Big Ten road win, so uh, maybe maybe Northwest could help them there. Yeah, Nebraska's uh, always six on the road in Big Ten play this year. Yeah, they definitely need this win. Uh, the fire might burn, as we call it, uh, in Missouri. Uh, they've had a little bit of a struggle this year. They host Texas A&M at, at eight on ESPN two, and uh, USC. Uh, after uh, you know they've had a tough season so far, uh, they face Cal on the Pac-12 Network at ten o'clock. Okay, two big games for Thursday in the top 25. We'll have number eight, Arizona at Utah. That's at 7 o'clock Chicago time on the Pat 12 network. And at 9, sorry, 8 o'clock on ESPN2, we'll have number 20, Florida Atlantic University. They'll take on UAB. That's University of Alabama, Birmingham. That should be a that should be a fun one. Uh, they would be upset Memphis earlier this a uh, couple about a week ago. So uh, yeah, should be a fun one there. And as your schedule for this uh, week in college hoops, some big games coming up with just a few weeks away from March Madness. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition of First 
in the month of February right here on Sports Zone Chicago. The NFL coaching carousel continues to spin. Now it's starting to stop. Will the Super Bowl ever be and will be aired on pay-per-view? Question mark, dot, dot, dot. And we'll have a whole lot more in our special edition of Old School TV Monday as we uh, kick off Black History Month. That and a whole lot more with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of Dodea. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports Theme Monday edition, the first in the month of February. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow Yoshili on the Twitter X and the IG at SidK80. Once again, it's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow my Keena McKee on the Twitter X. I can't go again. The IG. 
We have 50 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago live in the 11 color on Roku TV. All right, Sid. Uh, some of the coaching, uh, the coaching picture in it in the NFL is getting a little bit clearer, and uh, we'll start with some of the stuff that that was officially announced uh, over the weekend. Uh, Dan Quinn, who this is going to be his second time uh, in the head coaching ranks, he has become the new head coach over down in D.C. We're just outside D.C. with the Commanders, and of course, him and Adam Peters. He's been named a new GM over uh over there as well so but it's been the coordinating uh changes that have uh folks here are buzzing said tell everyone about it <laughs> for the washington commanders yep you know of course now they have a new office coordinator named cliff kingsbury of course he, his name was floating around in these parts um for the new bears oc of course shane wanderer has that position but lakina uh since you set me up i'll ask this question to you and to our uh, viewers and listening audience on Sports Zone Chicago. You can type in your thoughts on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page and Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Now that Cliff Kingsbury is the new OC for the Washington Commanders, does this mean that they'll move up to draft Caleb Williams? Uh, uh, or will the Bears draft Caleb Williams and trade Williams and trade him to Washington? There's a couple of scenarios that are in play here. Yeah, I mean, I know I've heard people say or everyone say, well, you know, he congratulated him on his new job. Well, well, yeah, that's his coach and mentor. I mean, of course, he's going to I know people want to kind of like do a little <laughs> microscope about like every little thing he does. I'm talking about Caleb mm-hmm. Williams, but I mean, he was just giving his coach congratulations. So what? Whatever. But uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Adam Peters, like I said, he's a GM now. It's going to be interesting to see how he decides all this. I mean, do they do kind of the switcheroo? And, or do, look, do they like Drake May? Do they like Jalen Jaden Daniels? I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury will have a lot to say on that as well. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't well, – I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, like, definitely, you know, various rumors and stuff like that in any windows. Like the, it's going to be a long two and a half months, folks. I don't know what to tell y'all, but uh, I, I'm not – like I said, I, I think right now, I think nothing really will will change anything. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. At least right now. Now, if it gets closer, excuse me, if it gets closer and closer, especially since there was supposedly that report that came out that says that they're not, the Bears aren't going to want to trade. Uh, if they do trade, Fields or number one pick, not going to trade with the with the NFC. If you believe that rumor, so uh, I don't know, but yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> what 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 happens. Like I said, you know, it'll be interesting what Peter decides here. And which now that if you heard the news earlier today, looking and since the. Dan Quinn is now the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. The the old the defensive coordinator spot is open for the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry Jones, who, who's not short of words in front of the media, he says he's going to try to make a big a big splash. Do you think could it be Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, which I think is a step out down for him after coaching New England for twenty five years? Uh, I'm not going to say Pete Carroll, no, because of, uh-huh. because of age, but. If you're Jerry Jones, do you look in-house to for someone to fill that position? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, you look, you got Vrabel sitting out there. You see he's still out there on the, on the market with no job. And I think, if, you know, even though this wouldn't be a step down for him because he's done it for – he did it for about like six or seven years before, of course, he became a uh, Titans head coach. So I think he might have the, the go at it. I don't see – especially with all the, the rumors and stuff. I don't think that's going to happen uh, with Belichick. I think if you're Belichick, I think you'd rather sit out 
uh, for the rest mm -hmm. of the for this season, just to see kind of like how the how like the the carousel and the merry-go-round uh, for for next year. There could be some jobs opening up as well next year. So if you want to kind of buy your time, if that's what he wants to do, so yeah, I don't see it. I think Vrabel gets a a, a coordinator job before uh, Belichick does. And speaking of a coordinator job, let's go to Las Vegas, uh, the site of this week's Super Bowl between the 49ers and Chiefs. But their whole time team, Las Vegas Raiders, made it higher. They have a new offensive coordinator, and his name <laughs> is – you can't make this stuff up, folks – Lukeski. <laughs> my I said it's my apologies to Raiders fans in advance. Like I said, we don't know what happened with, with the Canesbury. I know there was discussions that he was going to get the job, but – I don't know if it was money or talks. Who nobody really knows, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, we'll see if the QB room is. You got Aiden O'Connell. I doubt. I don't know if Jimmy G is going to come back next year. I, I don't see that happening. But uh, it'll be interesting down there. And it, 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 look, I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I want to see how that how all that transpired. <laughs> Here's the thing, Lakina. The uh, I like Antonio Pierce. You know, his players played hard for him. Uh, this past season, which landed him that job, but the the Raiders need a new quarterback, and we just you mentioned the names for Drake May and Jaden Daniels, and I don't think they're going to trade with the Chicago Bears. I don't think they have enough draft capital level, even they wanted to do it. So, Luke Getzky, I know that the Green Bay is running this running the same system as he did here in Chicago last year, but Green Bay has better players. The Bears don't. I know Las Vegas has has uh, Devonte Adams for now, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss for words to be honest with you. I, I, I am. I am. Oh, uh, here's our guy, Kaz the Canuck, checking in. Thanks for checking in, Kaz. What's up? What's up, yeah. Kaz? Uh, he has a question here on our screen. What do you think the Getty hire means with the respect to the league's view of Justin Fields? I mean, well, look, look, do the Raiders have draft capital for the Bears? The Bears will want. I mean, I think that's going to be sort of like the thing here. And uh, I, I mean, look, if you're if you're Ryan Poles, I mean, I know there was this rumor that you know they don't want to trade him within the division. But I mean, if you're you know, did you if you're the Bears, do you have do the, the Raiders have anything that you would want? I, I don't know. <laughs> I would say get Max Crosby, but that's going to cost some Bears some draft picks. The Bears do mm -hmm. have more draft capital than the Raiders do, but I'll, if you're the Raiders and you're trying to build something here, you, I don't think they're that far away, but I don't think they're going to give up Max Crosby. He's their, uh, their, I believe, their franchise player because he's one of the best mm -hmm. defensive ends in the league, so I don't think uh, that's going to happen. If you're the Bears, you would ask for him, but I don't think the Raiders are going to give him up. So I, <laughs> I, being realistic, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. ask for Devonte Adams, but I don't know if the Raiders are going to give him up either because the Bears no. need another wide receiver. I know you have DJ Moore, but you know Darnell Mooney, he's going to be gone. Uh, you got that rookie Tyler Scott. Okay, he looked nice in a couple of plays uh, games this year. Okay, uh, Valus Jones, yeah, he could be playing out of a job sooner rather than later. And if you don't draft Marvin Harrison Jr. or or, or that wide receiver out of, of University of Washington, I can't think of his name right now. Roma you know, I've been Day. on him the, the last day. Yeah, Roma I've been on Day. him for the last couple of weeks so, of the college football season. So if you don't get one of those guys, would Ryan Pearls make a big move to, to get go get a veteran wide receiver? Who knows? I, I look, I think that the poll has a lot has a lot to think about. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what 
He does. And uh, Seattle, they don't have a new head coach in Mike McDonald, the former D.C. over with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So what do you think about that hire? Whew. Pretty interesting hire for Baltimore, as we, we talked about on the show. Uh, they had a nice season, but their defense is a very good defense. But, you know, they went to bed against Kansas City. Their offense it struggled running the football, so I know that part of that was due to injuries. But you know, Baltimore, hopefully they can close the close the gap between themselves and the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs because what they put out in the AFC title game is not them. They try to rump up the Chiefs, and and that's not their game. So we'll see what happens with Baltimore. Let's see if they can get Lamar Jackson back on track next year. Yeah, they've already hired uh, their new DC. I'm talking about Baltimore. Then Zachary Orr, who actually played for Baltimore, of course, before mm-hmm. the injuries uh, shortened his career. But he's been, you know, there as a as a coordinator. I think he was a D line coach there for a couple of years. Now he gets a big job with uh, with uh, Baltimore. So we'll see what happens with uh, that. Now some interesting hires there for Philadelphia. They've got some new coordinators and some old uh, names. You got Vic Fangio, a name of course familiar here in Chicago, and Kellen Moore is a new OC. So what do you think about those uh, those names for that for those jobs? Both those guys are, are veteran coaches. I think they'll bring a lot to that team that that is looking looking to win now. We all talk about the struggles of Jalen Hurts uh, this past season, partially due to that finger injury at the end of the year. But let's be honest, Lakina. Philadelphia couldn't run the ball with, with with any consistency all year. You have like five, six running backs on the roster. You can't decide who's mm-hmm. going to have the hot hand. Of course, mm-hmm. you had that mystery of Devon, Devontae Smith last year. I know he was injured then playing that playoff loss against Tampa. You still have A.J. Brown, who they traded for before the start of last year. He paid off great dividends for them. But, you know, it's, it's all about you know, getting Jalen Hurts back healthy and having him be happy with Kellen Moore's new system. So it's going to be – a question is how and when can Jalen Hurts adjust uh, adjust to Kellen Moore's system? That's going to be very interesting. We'll see. Look, there'll be new guys to blame though for Eagles fans if things go south down there in Philadelphia, over there in Philadelphia. We'll see what happens there. Now, going a little bit further south, going to the NFC South, Carolina's found their new head coach and Dave <laughs> Canales, who, as we we've been saying for the last few year, few uh, few weeks, I should say. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, kind of had a resurgence under him, and you know, Baker, Baker Mayfield had a, a resurgence uh, this past season under him. So, uh, and well, backstory aside, Google's your friend for that one. Now, him and Dan Morgan, uh, these going to get very interesting down there in Charlotte. The new GM, I should say, Dan Morgan, I should say. Yeah, and this is where the process begins, Lakina. I know we all know we saw the struggles of Bryce Young uh, this past season. Not all of it is his fault. One, Carolina has a bad offensive line. Number two, you have no talent. DJ Moore, who was their other standing, outstanding offensive player, he's here in Chicago now. So you saw what he did for the Bears this year. But Carolina still needs to build, like any other football team, build within the interior. You need a strong offensive line. You need a, a pass rusher. They need just about everything. You need a running back. Mm-hmm. You definitely need a wide receiver. So uh, uh, this process is going to be long and hard for Carolina fans. But, you know, this is where it all starts. It starts in the draft. Well, let's see if everyone's on the same page there unlike last season. Um, right. <laughs> let that owner get out the way and let the, your people you, you hire cook. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ken Dorsey has been officially named the new OC over at Cleveland. Uh, Jock Cesare is a new D, excuse me, new D line coach over there in Cleveland. 
Uh, Jeff Half Half Halfley is now, of course, a former uh, Boston College head coach. For those of you uh, uh, scoring at home, he is new DC over at Green Bay. Yeah, I, I saw that the Green Bay news or, or a couple hours ago before we started uh, broadcast live broadcasting here. I think that's going to be interesting for Green Bay because, as we talked about this past season, Lakina, Green Bay's defense is not bad. It's not like it was when Matt Lafleur got there a few years ago, but it's doable enough in today's NFL. But I wanted to go back. Shoot, now now my brain is blanking on me. About about the Jesus Christ, but I'll finish up my Carolina point. Not not Carolina. I'll finish up the Green Bay point. Green Bay's defense is uh, is not bad, but you know, considering all the talent that you have within the NFC North, whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields next year for the Bears, we'll see what Minnesota does with their new quarterback if they do not bring back Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. Uh, Detroit Lions is the team to beat next year. You got to have guys uh, got to defend that office and Jared Goff at quarterback. So. Green Bay, I think, is a, it obviously is an interesting hire, but can they get that one more impact player on defense? Because you're going to face good talent uh, in this division offensively for, for the next few years. It'll be interesting, and I think I'm looking forward to seeing how that defense because it's like it's, it's still it's still very young. So we'll just remember mm-hmm. the Packers had the had the worst had the uh, the youngest team in the league, I should say. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot there's some talent there. You just got mold and hopefully uh, Mr. Halfley can do that. Now, did you want to talk about uh, Ken Dorsey uh, being the newest? Yeah, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's why you have partners, folks, because sometimes you lose it. But yeah, Ken Dorsey, you go from Josh Allen to Deshaun Watson. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know what uh, what a great job that Kevin Stavansky, the head coach of the, Brown, of the Browns, did this past year. Well, winning at least one game or more with four different quarterbacks. You saw what Joe Flacco did minus that playoff game this past season against Houston. But Deshaun Watson, remember, he didn't look that great before he got injured. So uh, it's going to take time to see how Deshaun Watson, first of all, uh, gets back healthy. And number two, uh, how long it's going to take him, take him to adjust to Ken Dorsey's system. Because you saw what Ken Dorsey's system was. Let your quarterback run, run, run more than your, than your running backs. You know, I don't like that, especially with the team that the Buffalo Bills had. So – uh, how much running will Deshaun Watson do, especially with him being hurt the last couple of years? I don't think that'll be a, a great idea, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I know it's going to be tearing. <laughs> well, he needs ball, but I know it's going to be tearing whatever uh, something out. Uh, if, 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 if that being be the case, the QB is of being the leading rusher. I know he hated that when uh, Doris is over there in Buffalo. Uh, and of course, uh, a couple more names. I guess the last but not least, Jim Harbaugh, of course. Uh, the official, you know, with the Chargers, that's going to be interesting next year. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, anything else before we uh, move on? Um, about the Los Angeles Chargers, real quick, Lakina. Of course, Jim Harbaugh uh, is their new head coach. If it wasn't for Justin Herbert being there, Harbaugh would be coaching somewhere else. But the Chargers, as we talked about in our last few shows, they have work to do because of Justin Herbert's contract, which they, they signed it to before the start of this season. They're going to have some salary cap work uh, ahead of them. Of course, I'm sure they're going to cut Khalil Mack. They're going to cut a couple of other guys on that defensive front. And so we'll see how how they micromanage that, and we'll see what they do in the draft to replace those uh, potential players they're going to cut this uh, between now and the draft. Yeah, I think they're about like $55 million up against the cap. We're talking about the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
yeah, they're going to have to you know, get rid of a lot of money. You know, Keenan Allen might be you know on his way out, among a few mm-hmm. others. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens there. But uh, yeah, I mean, but I think look, we we know Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh has uh, you know won every place he went, so uh, that he's been at. So yeah, it will be interesting to see if he can kind of build that because they may not have to tear it all down, but you got to think that they will have to make some changes, have to put some holes and. Certain places that you listen to Second City Sports. On Sports on Chicago, Lakey the Big East, Sydney Brown with you. Uh, okay, so you go. We got Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 that's going to be commencing in Las Vegas uh, on Sunday. Both both the 49ers and the Chiefs are there. They're both uh, staying far away from the strip. I, I think that the Chiefs are about 20 miles away, and I know that the, uh, the 49ers are about 25 miles away. And even the, where, they're, where they're playing it, it's about like 10, 12 miles away from the this, this strip, too. So, uh, no foolishness there, hopefully. But uh, you raised an interesting, you raised an interesting question before we started uh, sort of recording. So, uh, so tell everybody uh, what you what you asked. I, I first of all, I read the article from Richard Deutsch from the Athletic earlier today about um, there's been this talk over the last few years with the, all the well, the NBA will join will be the fourth major sport in North America to have some games exclusively on on the streaming service when they're national TV contract is up after next season. But there's been this talk about the Super Bowl with the core core cutting has been going on, I believe, five million average of five million homes in the United States over the last several years. It's going to be almost closer to a decade within the next year or two that people are coordinating, coordinating exclusively uh, watching shows and, and sports through streaming services. Will, can, will the Super Bowl be exclusively streamed uh, anytime soon? Me personally, I don't see it because, you know, broadcast TV is available on these streaming services. And uh, with these networks paying big time money to the NFL, I don't see an exclusive uh, deal uh, um, in our lifetime to put the Super Bowl on quote unquote pay-per-views on the exclusive streaming service. Now, I think what CBS is doing, I think Nickelodeon is going to have their own broadcast, but it's not on the streaming service. It's not going to be the main broadcast. So. you're not going to see that there for, for this, for next Sunday, but it just doesn't make any sense. Lakina. I I know they'll, these companies think it will drive up demand. I'm using air quotes here, but you know, as I said before, someone said in in one of the, one of the comments uh, that, that the article that I read from the athletic this morning, broadcast TV is still available through the streaming service. So uh, Mm -hmm. you are, in my opinion, you will cut your nose to spite your face to put, the, the Super Bowl exclusively on pay-per-view TV. If you're going to do that, you, you're going to entice me that you're going to have uh, different camera views, different commentary, just mm-hmm. like, you know, if you I think for those that order uh, the, uh, the NFL Sunday ticket package, they give you also other options to uh, mm-hmm. watch games, you know, via the next-gen stats cam, mm-hmm. especially for Thursday night football, things along that line. If you offer that, I think, you know, that's fine, but exclusively to put it on pay-per-view, I just don't see it happening, Lakina. I just don't. Yeah, and still you're making money. As long as the NFL is making money through uh, broadcast, it's still like what all, you know, the Super Bowls are taking over. I think there's like, I think there was a stat out there. There was like 25 of the, like the 20, the 25, like the top 30 shows of all time are now Super Bowls, especially within the recent years, the last mm-hmm. five years, especially the, well, the last decade, if you want to go that far. And I'm sure this will probably break a lot of records uh, this, uh, you know, this Sunday as well. So yeah, I think it's just kind of silly to say, oh well, you know what? People are just going to go to uh, streaming. But look, I think people, like you said, 
the broadcast hours are available through streaming anyway. So if you have Pluto TV, if you have um, Samsung uh, TV Plus or any other or Roku TV, you've got a lot, <laughs> a lot of those. Uh, a lot of those are free. Well, most of them. And you can get it through there. So it wouldn't be like you're losing it. You know, and in some cases, the only thing you need is just to download on your device. And if you're mm-hmm. the NFL, I look, I know maybe 10, 15 years online, you might think about that, but your bread and butter is in the broadcast networks. And if you try to stream it, if you put on Paramount Plus or Hulu or Amazon, I know Amazon has been one to get into this. I just think that you're not going to get a lot of people to kind of buy into, oh, do I have to sign up for like $8.99 for this or that? You know, even, even some of the streaming services are going up. So, you yeah. know, you're kind of like stuck in a rock in a hard place. You're in the NFL. I know a lot of people saw the uh, the peacock that that game on Peacock uh, between the Dolphins and the Chiefs a few weeks ago. But even still, that was kind of like a a deterrent as well. So yeah, and it's just kind of silly that they're even thinking about that. This is even being talked about. Now, maybe about ten or fifteen years, they may do it. But I think right now, there really is no point in doing it. Yeah, especially with that new TV deal that the NFL signed with these networks, uh, I believe it uh, lasts throughout the next decade. So, and uh, you don't forget you, you don't forget about this angle of gambling. You know, especially yep. with the Super Bowl being in Vegas this year. I know still mm-hmm. not every state you can gamble legally, but you know you have to consider uh, consider those sponsors like DraftKings and FanDuel, who has a big hand in this as well. People watch the games, uh, especially if you're a casual fan, to bet. Well, bet on these games, so you had to take that in consideration as well. So, uh, with this new current TV contract, I don't see that happening. Maybe in the next one, you may consider it, but it depends on where we are. Will will uh, linear TV, i.e., cable satellite, go away completely? If that's the case, then yeah, you have no choice but to put it on the school's uh, streaming service. But as long as linear slash cable satellite TV is still around, I don't think it's going to be possible to put the uh, the Super Bowl exclusively on pay per view TV. It just wouldn't make any sense, not right now. And like you say, you will Especially have to consider it definitely 10 to 15 right. years when we see what this land, landscape of television is like because it's constantly changing. It's changing fast. Right. And as long as the networks are willing to pay those that money and as long as they get that money back, and you saw what happened with the Rays this year for the regular season, both NBC and CBS, and even ABC and ESPN with them casting Monday Night Football and NBC too, they all saw uh, ratings go up. Mm-hmm. So it's not happening anytime soon. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports All Chicago. I'm said that was Lakina. You have any thoughts on that on that such a should the Super Bowl or where we ever see the Super Bowl being on pay-per-view uh in the near future? You can go to Sports All Chicago's Facebook page or Sports All Chicago YouTube, type in uh your opinions or uh, or uh, thoughts there. Uh, we'll put them up on the screen for you on the flip side of this way. Lakina, I know that you checked out the NHL All-Star game in the Pro Bowl games. We'll get your reviews on that. The White Sox make a couple of moves. What does this mean for Dylan Cease in his future? And we'll, and we'll have a special edition of Old School, to, Old School TV Monday as we kick off Black History Month. That and a whole lot more. You stay right there. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition of Sports Soul Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. 
these colored pencils too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. This Monday afternoon, as you're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow Yoshi Lee on the Twitter, X in the IG, SIDKID80. Once again, it's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter, X at KSGOGIN, IG. This is our last break of the show for today. So we have less than 25 minutes left to sell in this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. You have any questions or comments for us? I know a few of you chimed in already. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments to the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so we're going to scale some baseball news. You got pitchers and catchers. Uh, coming in in a few uh, weeks, and uh, spring training starts in about a week after that. So, uh, but the White Sox made some news uh, over the weekend. Some a uh, couple of big trades. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, Gregory Santos, your uh, closer from last year after Liam Hendricks went down. He is gone. He was traded to the Seattle Mariners in exchange for Priyanda Barora and Alfred Zach uh, Deloach. Of course, the White Sox also made another move um, to the to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They traded Christian um, Mayna, yeah. Christian Mayna, I should say, to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for of uh, for for the damn computer Dominic Fletcher Dominic and Fletcher. Uh, Dominic Fletcher. So. Uh, for the White Sox, Chris Getz, I know he's trying to build up uh, the build up the competitive roster for this year, but Lakina, here's the thing. I think, the, as I said before, uh, we we don't know what the White Sox are going to look like in spring training. Uh, of course, yeah, we all have to we all find out together coming up in late February, early March. But I know Getz said that he didn't like this team, and, and rightfully so. But I'm not going to say this is a full teardown because it's not. But I think. The White Sox, if, let me repeat again, if their long-term plan is to compete in 2025, this is the way to go. But <laughs> mm-hmm. where where you, where are you going to – who's going to be on your starting step outside of Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech? There's still a lot of starting pitchers out there. And I, I, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. if you want to try out for the team, Lakina, go ahead. If any of our <laughs> listeners and viewers want to go try out for the White Sox, mm-hmm. go ahead. But uh, – Oh, for the short term, Lakina, I don't know where this season is going for for this franchise. You can't afford to quote unquote tank or lose a hundred games. It's not going to do anything for you. And I think they're going to try to compete in twenty twenty five. But as far as this year is concerned, uh, it, it, as of right now, it doesn't look good. As we've been saying ever since the end of last season, Lakina, especially with I think you mentioned it or we talked. We may have talked about it on Friday's show, but. With Corbett Burns now being traded to the Baltimore mm-hmm. Orioles, uh, Dylan Cease is not going there, at least for uh, for the time being. So the White Sox are going to have them have him for at least through the first half of this year. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see because we know Baltimore, and we know Baltimore that they the team was at the top of the list. So, but now of course mm-hmm. you know they got Corbin Burns, so uh, you know that's going to be you know kind of a fallout there. It'll be interesting to see what other teams out there that. Like I'm sure guests would love to trade C's, but I don't know if he wants to. I'm sure he's not just going to give him to to any team. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be able to see you know what the news is going to be once once the season starts. You know, I've heard Toronto's name is now being thrown around as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if, when and if you'll guests decide that maybe you know is that something he wants to do. Yeah, uh, in in a perfect world, Lakina, especially as a White Sox fan, I would like to see Dylan C's be re-signed, but, you know, that's something just the White Sox don't do, unfortunately, especially under the ownership of Jerry Reinsdorf and crew. But I think that uh, that Chris Getz is playing this right. I know the price is set up high for Dylan Cease, and I get it, but I think Chris Getz is doing this right, uh, doing this thing right. You don't want to give Dylan Cease away for nothing. And you know this as well as I do, especially come July 31st at the trade deadline. Teams are going to have injuries and you know pitching is usually the first things that come to mind and these things will get desperate at the trade deadline so I think Chris Guest is sitting at a perfect spot as far as getting what he thinks that he he wants and needs for, for this team so as we said before Dillacis is not going anywhere at least in, as of uh, not as of right now he'll be your opening opening day starter on March 28th when the Sox face the Detroit Tigers at home so but after that, we'll, first of all, we'll have to see how Dylan Cease does. Can he stay healthy? He's been healthy for the most part throughout his White Sox career. And can he get back some of that, some of that talent uh, that I imagine that, that uh, we witnessed in 2022? 
we took that big jump from the previous year when the White Sox made the playoffs. So there's the other uh, angle angles of this that we had to keep in mind as well. So the go float for as the season uh, starts. Well, the spring training starts in a couple of weeks now. Going to the north side for the Cubs. It looks like Cody Bellinger, I guess, you know, looks like he might finally be making this decision because all the rumors are that it it you know he'll it's it's gonna be the Cubs, but I guess they're working on I guess the finances and whatever. So we'll see what happens there. Also, too, could it be uh, maybe perhaps getting Matt Chapman as well? Rumors are it's between uh the Cubs and the Giants, because remember, Bob Melvin is back over there now with the Giants. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what Chapman does. And uh, it looks like it looks it looks like, like I said, it looks like I've said this a few weeks ago. It looks like maybe Jed Hoyer might have something up his sleeve. So if, they, if he can get both one or both of them, I think that would be great if you're a Cubs fan. Yeah, if you get both of them, especially at the price that you want, this would be great news for the Cubs. As we as I said <clears throat> excuse me, throughout this offseason. The NL Central is up for grabs. We know what the most of Milwaukee Brewers have made. I know St. Louis is trying to patch things up after a terrible year last year. Of course, Cincinnati, I believe, is that team on the rise, especially after they brought up um, uh, De La Cruz last year. You know, he made that he made that jump for the minor leagues, and they gave that Cincinnati Reds uh, ball club the jump that they, that they needed. They, they were competitive even though they didn't make the uh, deal at the trade deadline. They were right there as far as qualifying for the playoffs. So we we know what Pittsburgh gets. So uh, that I'm not going to say it's the Cubs' division to lose on paper. It may seem that way. But if they get both Chapman and Bellinger, this team could be on the roll. And, and, and if Hoyer has another move up his sleeve, you need to cheer up that starting rotation as well. Definitely got to beef up that starting rotation. You know, maybe look, there's still a lot of guys out there, so even a lot of mid-tier guys. So uh, I mm-hmm. think if you're the Cubs, you got you got a nice, especially now that spring training is coming up soon. It'll be addressed to see if, what they decide to do here. As you listen, I can see sports on sports social Kyle Lakeen McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Uh, let's just get it out the way, Sid, because uh, I saw the well. Let's start with the Pro Bowl first, NFL Pro Bowl Pro Bowl games. Uh, I saw a little bit of a – it was more like just to kill time because I really had nothing else to watch uh, yesterday. But, uh, I mean, you saw how both teams, you know, both you know, Eli Manning for the, uh, the NFC, uh, Peyton Manning for the AFC, NFC edged out the AFC. Uh, they made some big plays in the flag football game. They dominated the skills events. You know, that took a war between uh, with uh, Aiden Hudson and Dexter Lawrence leading the way for uh, the NFC was just, you know, crazy. That was over like about 10 minutes. But – uh I, I, I kind of like the idea of it. They weren't going to do the whole like, you know, smash mouth like thing anymore because they weren't mm-hmm. going to do that. I don't mind. I don't mind this setup because of the fact that, look, it's just supposed to be fun and entertaining. So uh, I don't I know people are like, Pfft. but the Rangers were actually been, were pretty good for uh for those uh games this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we uh, called it a couple of years ago, Golakino, and they needed to do something like this. So look what happens. You know, as you mentioned there, uh, the Rangers have gone up the, the first couple of years that they, they've that they have done this format. So, you know, it's about, it's about the celebration of the game, but it's mostly the celebration of the, of the great athletes we have playing football. So that's, uh, but that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Oh, here's what I wanted to say about that. The only clip I saw and I saw it on on Instagram this morning, Jalen Johnson made an incredible interception. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I was trying to send send a message to Ryan Poles, pay me, pay me. Yeah, yeah, that was a fly of football. So, uh, that, 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 yeah, just that mindset there. But, yeah, so, yeah, so it was a really pretty entertaining uh, weekend over there uh, in Vegas. So, you know, really very well done by uh, well producing. You see, you, the guys really got into it. So I think it's like mm-hmm. this is two in a row. I, I, I think Eli, Eli's team has won both 
of these Pro Bowl games they started doing this. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting uh, here. Now, in Toronto for the NHL All-Star game, it was all Team Austin Matthews as they uh, – uh, the way it's the way it set it up, uh, it was McKinnon and you know uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon, who's had a, who's having a great season for the Avalanche, and of course uh, Team Connor McDavid, who won the skills uh, competition. But David got the best of that, and then Team uh, Team Matthews beat uh, Jack Hughes's team, and then it was between Team McDavid and Team Matthews. Uh, team Matthews <laughs> got the best of Team uh, McDavid. Uh, they're pretty interesting that the format, how it works. I know. They kind of had it showed up a little bit, you know. The, you know, they did the, the division thing last year, but then they decided to do the team thing, like they did, similar to what they, the NBA does, having you know the players be the captains. So uh, I saw a little bit of it. I thought it was fine. You know, like I said, you know, it was great to see Connor Bedard there uh, in the middle of the skills competition to kind of get him a little bit involved. He'll have his he'll have his chances uh, in, uh, for years mm-hmm. to come. But uh, I thought it was fine. I mean, look, I wish they had promoted it a little bit more. I wish it was on it was on uh, Warner Bros. Discovery, but it, it really was wasn't promoted a lot. So, yeah, they had the actual game on ABC, which was in the middle of the Saturday yeah. afternoon. Like you yeah. said, they could have promoted it a little bit more. Maybe you would have had a, a few more people watch. I know you would have a lot more watching in Chicago if Conor Bedard was healthy, but mm-hmm. but that just wasn't the case. But I've been saying this for years, and I'll say it again. I don't want to waste my energy on Commissioner Gary Bettman. Uh, their problem is uh, they have one of the most exciting sports uh, in North America. I know the NFL is number one. It's not going anywhere. The NBA is at number two. They're not going anywhere either. The NHL is a great game to watch. Uh, It's better to watch in person than it is at home. But we have such dynamic athletes like that. And you don't promote them enough. You just sit on your butt and just think that the sports is just going to sell itself, especially in today's times. You're crazy. This would have been the perfect time for them to promote the sport. I know, yeah, the game was on ABC, but I don't think, like I said, it was in the middle of college hoops. You know, no one was really, no one really knew it was on. I mean, I actually forgot. Thankfully, I had to record it because I forgot it was on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they should have been promoted a little bit better. But, yeah, that, that's been the NHL's problem like the last, like, 15 years, it feels like. I mean, you got a great generation. You've got guys like Connor McDavid, like I mentioned, you know, Nathan McKinnon's had a great season mm-hmm. this year for the, for the Avs, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, Jack Hughes and Austin Matthews and you got some of the big, you know, the you know, the the, the you know the, the big six, the original six teams here are near the top right now. The Rangers have been playing very well. Uh, Boston's been playing very well. Vancouver, I mean, um, you know, it's it's just been, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that this is not no one's really talking about the NHL that much. It seems like, and yeah, I know ESPN does, of course, that they're the TV right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it just feels like it should more should be going on to kind of help promote the sport. I know they did it the whole like yo know, puck. Uh, red zone or, or blue zone, whatever they called it, uh, and also too, of course, you know the games being on uh, by on Hulu Live. But yeah, it's just they need to be doing more. I think. I would counter counter uh, counter your point with this question, Lakina. Speaking of stars like Austin Matthews, who's originally from America, but he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Connor McDavid, who's Canadian, but he's playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Who's the who's playing for the hottest team in the NHL right now? I think it's six, 16 or 17 straight wins in a row. That mm-hmm. that's just amazing. But do you think it hurts the NHL that those two guys are not playing for American teams? You hope it is. You hope it's not, but I I would be surprised. They were playing in Boston, you know, Boston playing very well. I'm sure they'd probably get more attention if one were playing for the Rangers, probably. But I think I think they're playing for uh uh, Toronto, maybe. I know Vancouver's been playing very well. I know, not in the original 16, but I know Vancouver's mm-hmm. been around for years. Uh, so Rick Takas has his, has his guys playing very well at the, uh, right now, the Canucks. So, 
I don't know. I would hope that that's not the case, but yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Because <laughs> I know Toronto's a big hockey market, a historic hockey city, even though it's in Canada. But like I said, Conor McDavid, I know Edmonton's a rich franchise. I know they won Stanley Cups with the great Gretzky back in the early to mid-80s. But uh, like the reason why I posed that question, because like you said, with the teams like the Boston Bruins doing well, New York Rangers, not the Islanders, but the Rangers, if those guys were on those two teams, or if they were on Chicago, even though Chicago's not winning right now, if they were on the Blackhawks, <clears throat> I think they would get a little bit more public because those are your top three markets uh, in the United States as far as hockey's concerned. And the Avs just won the Stanley Cup, so you would think that Nathan McKinnon, especially after everything he's been doing, breaking all you know types of records, mm-hmm. you would think that he'd get more attention, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, I have nothing to say. I have got nothing. Like I said, I don't want to waste my energy talking about Batman. It, 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 it's, you know, it's a waste of a time, but I don't know. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakila hanging out here with you. Old School TV Monday, uh, the special edition kicking off Black History Month is coming up in a bit. Lakina, I don't know if you saw this news uh, over the weekend, going back to baseball, but the Cleveland Guardians, the world champion Texas Rangers, and the Minnesota Twins are are re-signed to their Valley Sports uh, Regional uh, deals mm-hmm. for this upcoming 2024 season. Of course, I don't know if we talked about this, Lakina, but Amazon is, is decided to um, get Diamond Sports Group, uh, help Diamond Sports Group, uh, which owns Valley Sports, uh, out, of, out of bankruptcy. So what does this mean uh, for that network going forward? Yeah, I'll be interested to see if this means that our, all the game is going to be produced by Amazon. Do you have to put Amazon, uh, you know, do you have to have Amazon to watch those games for those teams? So it'll be interesting to see how, is, how they're going to do this because, yeah, I mean, Amazon helped them out of debt, but I'm sure you know they're going to want a little bit of something, you know, for uh for, mm-hmm. the, for their uh their, their part of the bargain. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel for those markets, especially uh Texas, because you look they're coming off their first uh World Series in franchise history. So yeah, if you can't watch them try to repeat, I mean, I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell them honestly if you don't have Amazon Prime. Yeah. So as we mentioned, those uh, Minnesota, Texas, and Cleveland, they'll Cleveland, they'll be back with yeah. their reach. Yeah, they'll yeah. be back with their regional sports networks, i.e. Bally Sports, for this upcoming season. Of course, we talked about what happened last year with Arizona and San Diego. Uh, they were they cut ties with their Bally's regional sports networks. Of course, their games are being produced by Major League Baseball. Of course, it affected uh, the Arizona teams and the other sports as well with the Coyotes and the NHL with the NHL Productions producing their games now. Of course, the Phoenix Suns are being produced by an over, uh, over-the-air broadcast television. So uh, it's, it was a, a trickle-down effect. Uh, what does this, this mean for baseball going forward? Uh, we shall see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Now, anything else before we go into Old School TV Monday? Uh, I'm about to empty that tank, and I'm waiting for you to uh, – I'm ready to hand you the baton for Old School TV Monday. <laughs> Okay, folks. Uh, all right. Since we we're going with the theme here, the NFL theme. So uh, we did the Fox NFL Sunday at the beginning of the season. It's only fitting that near the end of the season with the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, we talk about the NFL today. You're looking live here in, uh, in Chicago. Hey. <laughs> the NFL today. Uh, you know, of course, it's still uh, airing. We'll have a Super Bowl edition of the NFL today uh, on CBS at 1 o'clock. We're right before the Super Bowl. They'll commence there for the four hours. But for, for, folk, for those of you who may not know, the original NFL Today 
was only 15 minutes. It, it, it premiered in 1968. Uh, it was a 15-minute uh, program that was mostly pre-taped back in the you know, not starting in 68 through 1973. In 74, they did go into a, uh, a, uh, a half-hour format, a live pre-game show with halftime highlights and post-game wrap-up with uh, the late Jack Whitaker and Lee Leonard. But it wasn't until 1975 is when uh, Robert Wessler, Wessler uh, Wessler, I should, I don't know how you say his name, who was no longer with, but he was a VP of CBS Sports at the time. He decided that he wanted to do, have a full on, like everything live, pregame, live halftime, because back then they were showing the, the band, you know, the, the battle of the bands, you know, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And also a post game show. And uh, of course, uh, you know, Wessler decided, you know, brought uh, Brett Musburger, of course, who was already making a big name for himself in the, around the TV ranks. Uh, Irv Cross, who, if you're here in Chicago at the time, this is like way back in the late 60s into mid 70s, he was a, a, a top sports anchor here in Chicago, a newspaper reporter. And, uh, but he still, you know, he was very smart. He went to, uh, I think he went to Yale or I think it was Princeton. He went, uh, he was a very smart uh, guy for, uh, he played in the league for about a decade. And of course, you have Phyllis George, who, oh my God, you have a woman covering the, uh, the NFL. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was a, that was unheard of back in the late seventies. Of course, you know, for in the mid seventies, for those who remember, she was a former nineteen seventies Miss America. Nineteen seventy Miss America had done a lot of TV uh, uh, specials for various networks. So the three of them got together and they put together this show called the NFL Today, where you had an hour pregame right before the new Central Time kickoffs. Then you had the halftime uh, highlights and analysis. And then you had the postgame wrap up. It, it was just like it was. It was a big hit. And it, after, after the success here, the NBC uh, kicked in with their NFL Live pregame show the year after that. Mm -hmm. They saw how a big hit it was. And, of course, we saw various hosts. Of course, um, they did it for uh, various uh, for many years. Of course, then Jane Kennedy coming in Black History Month. She was the first black yes. woman. Well, watching one of, a, of any color, but particularly a black woman, to uh, to uh, host a pregame show for any major sport at the time, back in 1978, after Phyllis George left to do the evening news for a little bit for CBS. Um, and then after that, and, you know, throughout the, the 80s, and, of course, 1990, Greg Gumbel came, you know, took over back in 1990 after Musburger got fired. You know, that's a whole different situation there. Well, we'll probably yeah. say that at a later date. Uh, but, yeah, he did it with Terry Bradshaw, um and if, uh you know, my friend Seska, a few others up until 93 with cbs lost nfl coverage but then five years later they brought it back gumble did it for a little bit he went to the booth N jim nance came in and did it for a little bit then he went to the booth james brown who was doing fox nfl sunday for about 15 years came back mm -hmm. in 08 um and of course now he's been doing it ever since and of course our buddy randy cross for the show and also three times super bowl champion was a part of mm -hmm. that uh, that rebirth of the NFL today, if you will, uh, back in '98. So there have been various names. Of course, you had Jimmy DeGree Slayer. We, you know, we won't uh, we won't talk about the whole side. Of course, Ritter was a big thought of it as well. And of course, various uh, players and coaches have uh, have gone you know out, in and out through the years. But we talk about Fox NFL Sunday as being like that pinnacle that kind of kicked it to another level. But if it wasn't mm -hmm. for them, NFL Countdown on, of course, on ESPN, and also too with um, of course NFL Live on NBC. Those shows would not be around if it wasn't for uh, the NFL today. 
And I think it, the clip is on YouTube, I believe. I know NFL Films did a story on Phyllis George and Jane Kennedy um, for, the, for NFL mm -hmm. Films. So you guys check that out. But as you mentioned, they were the first network to hire former athletes to uh, do games and do studio work. And so, you know, that wasn't heard of uh, back in those days. And then, you know, that industry didn't explode until about the late 80s, early, of course, in the 90s mm -hmm. with uh, ESPN, with former uh, athletes and stars. Uh, I'm getting a chance to do broadcasts. Of course, now is the the expansion is bigger uh, thanks to social media, YouTube, and and podcasting and things of that realm. But don't forget some of those other names that appeared on CBS over the years, even when they got the NFL back in 1998. Remember, Deion Sanders was on there for a yep. couple years before he went back to play with Baltimore in 2005 to end his career. Don't forget, mm -hmm. Jared Glanville was on there a yep. couple of years after he got uh, the boot at Fox. So. Uh, and Mike Dicka spent some time on there as well. Don't forget Dick Buggers, who Seifert. passed away late yeah. last year. He was on there for, well, wow. He was juggling in between that, and he did the Bears games on the radio back then on WGN Radio. So, yeah, he had uh, uh, great moments and great athletes that uh, made the show what it was. Like you said, Brent Musbugger was the dean of hosts at that time. And so, like you said, Fox uh, took it to another level when they got that contract in 94. But it was the NFL today, like you said, that, that set the table for everything. And don't forget you, like you said, Lakina, with, with Phyllis George and Jane Kennedy, you never saw many female sports broadcasters, black or white back then. That kind of set the table of what you see now. Of course, you had Andrea Joyce and, of course, uh, Leslie Visser. And, of course, mm -hmm. uh, Pam Oliver in the 90s. Remember, she did her thing at ESPN for a couple of years before she went to Fox, mm -hmm. where she's at now. So that started a trend that no one saw coming at the time with female sportscasters uh, just um, taking over the market, which they have now. So uh, they really started a lot of trends that people don't get them credit for. Well, and also, too, uh, for those who, okay, if you remember back in 1988, yeah. Sports actually actually uh, showed a 90-minute special. I don't know if you uh, about the kind of a documentary about the NFL on TV and how it evolved over the years. I think it's still on YouTube. It's called Replay: History of the NFL on TV. They actually did an interview with, of course, uh, Phyllis George. Of course, Sally is no longer with us. Neither is her cross. But she did say that it was kind of like Camelot. You know, of course, you know, well, the mod squad, if you will, you had, of course, the white guy, Brett Musburger, they had the black dude, Phyllis, uh, Irv Cross, he had the, uh, the pretty lady, Phyllis George, so they were actually were kind of like the uh, the mod squad, if you will, and uh, that yeah. was unheard of back then, you know, using all that, that dynamic, so uh, yeah, they definitely kind of like changed the way, that, kind of like this whole aspect of sports television. Yeah, and also, too, you mentioned they were the first network to show had time highlights. So I remember back in the day, if you ask your parents, uh, of the parents or grandparents, you had to wait till <clears throat> the first few years when Monday, I think Monday Night Football started in 1970. You had to wait till the next day to because Monday Night Football showed the highlights at halftime of their <laughs> game. So, yeah, if you didn't have a newspaper, of course, there was no social media back then. You had to wait until the next day to watch halftime highlights from the previous day mm -hmm. on Monday Night Football back in the 70s and early 80s. So uh, a lot has changed this uh, since then. And we recommend you watching um, you, You're Looking Live. That's the special will be coming up this Sunday mm -hmm. at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central, this Sunday, right before the Super Bowl on CBS. So we'll give you our Cisco Eber review on that documentary around this time next week. So uh, that, that, was, that was a great choice, Lakina. Great choice. Great choice. And, and we'll, I'm definitely looking forward to that documentary. We'll see how many other behind-the-scenes stories that they tell during this documentary. documentary. I'm really looking forward to it.
should be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I already got it recorded on my uh, my cloud uh, streaming. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And we'll, 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 we'll probably do the uh, ABC Monday Night Football at some point because you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. so much history there. But yeah, we'll, we'll save that for a later time, probably next season. All right. So as we kick off Black History Month, uh, Lakina McGee, great job as always as we salute uh, the NFL Today on CBS. All right. All right. We're going to take a vote. Oh, I was to say, I also you want to give a shout out to the Carl Weathers. You've- oh, yes, 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 that's right. Uh, thank you. That's <laughs> why you have partners, folks. Yeah, Carl Weathers, for those of you that have been asleep, no pun intended, he passed away over the weekend. Of course, we got the news after we went off the air uh, last Friday. He played for the Raiders for a little bit. This is something I forgot. Of course, he was an accomplished actor. Of course, yes. he started on all of those Rocky movies in the 80s. Of course, Action Jackson, where I, I heard him yes. as a kid born in the 80s, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starred opposite of um, Apollonia, uh, who's, who passed away a decade ago. Yeah. And so that, uh, he made a whole lot of money in that movie. That movie came out in 87, 88. Of course, you know who else was in that movie, too, before he became a TV star? Craig T. Nelson. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I gotta watch that movie. I know it's streaming somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think they have. Yeah, I, I gotta find it. Yeah, right before. Yeah, right before uh, he got coached, I think Craig T. Nelson mm-hmm. was in that. In that. And of course, before. yeah, and of course, I forgot. I, I remember watching this movie, but I forgot his role was was uh, important in, in this film. Happy Gilmore. Hi, oh, right. The the, the the character Adam that he Sandler. played. Yeah. Adam mm-hmm. Sandler. Uh, yeah, he wrote a really nice tribute to him. Uh. On, on Friday after the news came out of his death. I know he said that he said he and uh he and Carl stayed in touch of course over there. They actually were they actually were thinking about perhaps maybe doing another uh project together because he was still working up until until his past he was in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh on uh Disney Plus. If you guys uh for those you have Disney Plus you can guys check that out. And I remember he was supposed to be doing some uh which 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 site was it was it Fet Fandor or Vet GM? I think it was Vet GM uh I think uh, Gronk uh, did some stuff. I think Tom Brady's going to be in those commercial shows. It was supposed to air uh, this Sunday. Of course, they had to uh, make some adjustments there. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the Rocky movies, of course, he's best known for. Of course, Apollo uh, was a villain, but then became a kind of like a hero until uh, he died in Rocky uh, Four. But uh, his character, not, not not Carl, of course. His yeah, character, but his character, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. His character died in Rocky Four, but he was still, you know, he and you know, Sylvester Stallone, of course, uh, stayed in touch. Of course, that that. Uh, Apollo uh, Creed, uh, of course, the, Michael B. Jordan, the, the sequel there, uh, that you know, mm-hmm. was playing his son. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was just a really good guy. Everyone loved working with him. So uh, just a, a tough loss for not just us age kids, we're also I think all not just the sports world, sports world for all of Hollywood as well. Yeah, and remember, Lakina, he played a uh, he he played a, a husband to the Wiggler on Good Times uh, back yes. in the seventies. JJ yes. was the painter. <laughs> Yes, this, I remember that. Yeah, this bag of bones is messing with my wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 yeah. And Jimmy and JJ lived to tell about that story too. Yeah, that was right after uh, that 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 move that Rocky year. He was definitely in high demand there. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it was a tough loss for, for everybody for us A's kids. I think all of Hollywood, and also the sports world, especially. So uh, we get our thoughts for us uh, to to Carl Weathers' family uh, and the loss of a. Uh, yes. A true, a true icon. Yes, yeah, so his his legend will never be forgotten. All right, uh, now you can now. close us out. All right, on that note, you follow me <laughs> on the Twitter X at Kids Kid in the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at Sick Kid Eighty. Once again, it's Sick Kid Eighty. That's S I D K I D eight zero. S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. 
Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at, excuse me, War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And while, while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Please catch Second City Sports live in the Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Momo again, as the kids would say. Catch Second City Sports live in the Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right. And of course, hopefully, you know, we'll have a big extravaganza on the Friday before the Super Bowl. We'll talk about prop bets. You know, hopefully we'll have some, you know, some good people to come on to preview the game with us. <laughs> and uh, so make sure you guys check us out uh, at noon, especially on Friday with our uh, Super Bowl extravaganza. Yay. And don't forget, you can catch Sega City Sports and all of our uh, great content from Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. Yeah, so and you know we will provide. So uh, enjoy this nice weather we have. I know I know it's raining out there in Southern California, so uh, folks be safe uh, over there. And according to the rest of the country, I know it's going to be like it's going to be the 40s. So, uh, but still, don't 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 act foolish, okay? Still, even with the with the with the nice weather. So uh, enjoy the, uh, the 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 hoops and uh, everything else as we get up for the Super Bowl. For Sid, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Holla!